the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning. Thank you for connecting. It's great to see you guys. Hello, people. Great to see you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing us into your space this morning. Thank you for allowing us to invade the privacy of your room and to fill it with the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. I hope you guys have been anointed and blessed as I have been. I've screamed my lungs out. I worship God just here in this living room. This place is so lit. To be honest, the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit is here right now. Hallelujah. I hope you can make it as lit in your atmosphere. Just in case there are some distractions. Move yourself to a private place where you can get this word. The word for this morning is the power of the cross. The power of the cross. Whoa, that's so good. The power of the cross. John chapter 3, verse 14 to 15 will begin. John chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This was a quote jumping out of Numbers chapter 21, verse 8 to 9. Numbers 21, 8 to 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is beaten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was that if the serpent had beaten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So, can you imagine that Jesus was contrasting his own coming to the serpent that Moses lifted up on the journey of the children of Israel from Egypt to the promised land? One time they were attacked by snakes. There was just a, they ran into a settlement full of snakes and snakes fell upon the whole congregation and bit them and people were dying. Moses went and prayed to God, and God says, Moses, let me tell you something. This is how you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. You're going to set up a serpent made of bronze, passed on a pole, and anyone who is beaten will look up to it, and they will be saved. And that's exactly what happened, as we read in Numbers chapter 21, verse 89. That's what happened. Then Jesus said the same thing. That as the Son of Man, as the serpent, this bronze serpent was lifted up, so anyone who looks at it will be saved, so also the Son of Man. That if we be lifted up from the earth, if we be lifted up from the earth, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What's the comparison? It's amazing. What's the comparison between a bronze snake and the Son of Man? Except that there is another plan, deeper than just a snake and the Son of Man. 
But look, this conversation was happening in Judges chapter 3 between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus, being a teacher of the law, was looking for what Jesus was about. And Nicodemus was one of the persons who got the best answers out of Christ, of all the Pharisees. No one of them had the audacity to come to him directly. Jesus represented the new order in a time when the old order was dying. The old order was the Pharisees, the old priests, the ones who knew the word of God, the theologians, the scribes. This was the old order and Nicodemus belonged to the old order. So, when he had like a question like, what is it about this Jesus Christ? What is it? What is it about this Son of God? What is it about this Son of God that makes him so special? Hmm. He talked, what am I going to do? I'll go to him at night. And Nicodemus went to Jesus at night. Arriving at night, he saw Jesus privately and started to ask him, Master, the good master. No one can do these things you do except you came from God. And Jesus began to download to him. When Jesus got to this point, Jesus said to him, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be raised on the stick. And when he's raised on the stick, he will draw all men to himself. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent. So this was amazing scripture. It means that at the time when Moses was leading the people, there was already an awareness that the serpent was going to bite the people. There was always already a knowledge that the people were going to suffer. There was already a knowledge that the people were going to be beaten by the serpent himself, Satan. There was already an awareness that the whole world will lie under the wickedness of Satan. And that awareness actually prompted Jesus Christ. Wow. Prompted God to send Jesus Christ as the cure for the sickness of the world. This was the introduction of Jesus Christ. There is something truly rebellious about the earth. The devil has marked himself as self-will. Man has been destructive to himself. Man has been holding on to obsessions. Mankind has been aggressive. Mankind has been destructive. Mankind has been vindictive. We are proud. We are egotistical. And we live in a world of despots. You know, Every day people live, they live thinking about gain. How can I outsmart somebody else? How can I get? How can I be? So we always think about fame, money, and fortune. We are always trying to best other people. This is actually a normal human nature. How can I be better? And in no place do you see this as much as you see it in Lagos. You see this mad pursuit for people to become. So, we always try to best ourselves. We're always trying to make ourselves better than other people. We're always trying to put a good leg forward. We're always trying to be ahead of others. This is again the normal nature of man. 
and actually everything we teach ourselves, take a look at our learning and our seminars and everything that we have about how to better than other people. And we call it excellence. Sometimes this whole thing is actually about self-glory and self-elevation and self-promotion and self-assertion. Self, 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 self. We have the mad, we don't want God. We want ourselves to sit on the altar. Even in churches, when people want to act in church, they want to be promoted, they want to be the man of honor, or else they will not touch a thing in the church. If they don't get that position or that recognition, they don't want to do things. So in the end, this is where the world was. We live in this renegade world where everything was about us. So Jesus came to best that game. And when Jesus came, what did he do? He came to take the very instrument nobody wanted to take. Can you imagine that God wants to come to the earth and God did not come as a president? He came to the house of a carpenter. He came to the house of a poor carpenter. And they couldn't even give birth to him in the hospital. They gave birth to him. You know, in Christmas time, we have all these nice baby wrapping swaddling clothes and lady the manger. Do you know what a manger really is? A manger is the place where you feed animals from. It's, it's not a nice place like where pigs eat from. Yeah, so when you say... Like if you ever read the bulls or you raise an animal, listen, the place is messed up. That's where Jesus, the King of Kings, came. So God wants to blow our mind. Like if this our desire to best ourselves, to be better than everybody else, the King of all kings came, and he came in a manger. And when the people were waiting for him to demonstrate his power, he didn't just come and show his power. Every time in the miracle, he says to the people, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Like, how can you run your ministry like this? Without advertising, without self-promotion, without anything. How can you run your ministry like this? And that's what Jesus did. He upturned the way in which people thought. You know, when people try to know time, even with prophecy, guess what people are trying to do? They are trying to say, I know what God is saying. I know what time it is in the spirit. There's a little arrogance with prophecy as well. Even prophecy has a little bit of arrogance. Let's be honest. So, that is not just about God's agenda, that is about us as the prophets of God. And guess what? In the end, it turns to the agenda of the devil. Guess what God says? It is not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. There are some things that the Father puts in his own power. Like even right now, with the COVID-19 situation, everyone is asking, what is God saying? What is God saying? And many people are just working with presumptions, different kind of presumptions. Some say it's the Antichrist. Some say it's this. Some say it's that. And many opinions that Christians began to fight and miss the point. The point is Christ. The life of Christ. And Jesus said, the times and season knows no man. Every time the disciple wanted to come and ask Jesus for time, he said, no, you will receive power 
and you will be my witness. So there's a dislodged emphasis here. Power is what we're supposed to receive. Power to be a witness is what we're supposed to receive. So this same Jesus, born in a manger, all of a sudden grows up into adulthood. To take no credit for any of the things he does. Live a, live a frugal life. Live a basic life. And arrive at the cross. And once he arrived at the cross, he imagined that the Son of God will die. And he won't even die dignified death. Do you know how what we call dignified death? The death of Jacob. Death was coming for Jacob to kill him. And Jacob rebuked death and said, death, Wait, I haven't blessed my sons yet. The Bible says, Jacob now blessed his son. Gathered up his legs into his bed by himself. Closed his eyes and slept. That's what we think death is. And Jesus did not, Jesus the Son of God did not have that kind of muscle. There was a Roman instrument that they used to punish criminals. It was, was made of wood. It's not a nice stick. It's not a nice polished wood like we think. It was just wood. Rough, rugged, killing wood that they used to kill criminals. I remember when I was young in Nigeria, there used to be firing squad for armed robbers. There's a very popular thief in Nigeria called Aniladen. And he was tied was tied to a stick and shot in the public glare of everyone nationwide to, to show criminals that this is what is going to happen to you where you to hurt people. That's exactly what it looked like for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It wasn't a nice sight. Even though sometimes we put nice crosses with nice ribbons on them, with a nice red fabric on the cross, it wasn't nice at all. It wasn't nice at all. In the Passion of the Christ, you see the right depiction of the agony and the trouble he went through. And in this old Roman instrument for killing criminals, this is how the Son of God was chosen to die. Oh my God, that the Son of God was not chosen to die a dignified death. He had to die the most horrible death, the death of a criminal. Oh my God, it blows my mind. When you there, when they crucified my Lord. When you there, when they crucified my Lord. Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. When you there, when the crucified Lord, when you there, when the nailed him to the tree, when you there, when the nailed him to the tree. Tremble, tremble, tremble. When 
was called the cross. This dream was called the instrument of death. The most violent time. They drove the beat you to Paul and put large nails that broke through your palms and through your feet to a tree. And they actually break your leg. But in Jesus' case, they actually put his stair through his side and water and blood gushed out. So the Bible says, prophesying of this Isaiah chapter 54, verse 4 to 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Can you believe that the most intriguing thing was that the Son of God came to be wounded for us, to be broken for us, us who want to get ahead, us who want to best other people, us who want to who are full of conflict, us who are full of pride, us who are full of our own agenda and our own ideas about how to do things. It was for us that Jesus denied himself. He was teaching us an example that you're not going to get ahead by besting other people. You're not going to get ahead by breaking your back. You're not going to get ahead by a lot of effort. You're going to get ahead by dying for other people. The first lesson of the cross is that we're not going to get ahead by our strength. Is that we're going to get ahead by weakness. That becoming shit. <laughs> That becoming sheep, we will be able to reach into the heart of God. That becoming sheep, we will be able to lay down our lives. So he laid down his life. And that sacrifice, that denial of self, that man who knew no sin, allowing sin to break him, became the sacrifice for all of mankind. And this is the message of, of Easter. That there is power in that despised cross. That that old rugged cross has power. That that old rugged cross was designed, number one, to draw all men. John chapter 10, 12, verse 6 says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. So when he died in his death, he was rejected by all men. Nobody, nobody agreed to be a part of his movement. When he died, his movement was a failure. But today, over three billion people call themselves Christians, the followers of Christ, that because he died empty, died broken, died like shit. A power was released because he was raised up and made naked. A power was released to the atmosphere. The power of the cross is the power of sacrifice. And if you were to lay yourself down, something bigger than you will happen. And if you are to die, resurrection can be birth out of death. The power of the cross is the power 
if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. That is the power of the cross. The second power of the result of the cross is the power of life, the power of resurrection. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians 3, verse 10 speaks about this power so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable even to his death. When we die, Life sits inside of death. Do you know this is the most interesting thing? That life is inside death. And before any seed grows, if you see the cause of a seed growing, it goes into the ground, it expands with water and dismembers itself and dies and ceases to exist. In a small tendril, but just out of that dead enclosure, and begins to grow, and becomes a stem, and breaks out the ground, and comes out, and a tree emerges out of that fragile place of death. So the Bible says, except the grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But when it dies, ooh, it brings forth much fruit. The power of the cross is the power of life, and everything that dies will be brought back to life. And everything that dies, losing itself, will be brought back to life. And every part inside of us that is dead will be brought back to life. And every part of your family that is dead will be brought back to life. And everything inside of you that is dead will be brought back to life. This resurrection morning is the time for life. The power of the cross is the power of life. Hallelujah. Then Isaiah, we just read, said that the power of the cross is the power to remove infirmities, sorrows, transgressions, and the bruisings of Jesus Christ. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was crushed for our transgression. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. So you know someone who has sorrows and mental health challenges like depression, like anxiety attacks, like panic attacks, like tick disorders, like all types of disorders, like post-traumatic syndrome, you understood like post-traumatic stress syndrome, like all types of all types of disorders. The power of the cross is to remove one word that says sorrow. Sorrow. Chastisement of our peace was the one that which brings us wellness was laid upon him. Everything that reminds us was placed on Jesus Christ. The power of the cross is enough. The power of the cross is enough for your infirmities, for your sorrows, for your crushed spirit. And Ephesians 2 verse 14 says, He is our peace because He broke the wall of hostility. He broke that wall that inhibited us to connect to God. There was a hostility between man and God before. There was this dangerous place where man and God could not connect. Because when Adam fell, what happened was Adam was no more connecting to God. So Adam 
was disconnected. Because of the Garden of Eden and had to live life of his own devices. But when Jesus came, one of the things Jesus did was to bring back our peace. So he is our peace. The power of the cross, number one, is the power to draw all men. Number two, is the power of life. Number three, is the power to bear our infirmities and sorrows. Number four, he is our peace. This is the power of the cross. This Easter, I want to pray over everyone that you will rise from the dead. I want to pray over everyone that Christ will be lifted up in your home, in your family, in your business, in your situation. I want to pray over the sick. I want to pray that peace and goodwill will fill everyone today because that is the power of the cross. The cross the cross is the power of God unto salvation. And maybe you've never experienced the power of the cross. Maybe the reality of who God is has never come into your home. Maybe you've maybe you never tasted the goodness of God. Maybe you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, but really the fellowship of, of Christ is not real. The fellowship of Christ is not real. I want to make an appeal to you this morning. Jesus loves you. Paid a price for you. He wants you to realize that He cares for you. I want to tell you that Jesus cares. And it was for you that He died. He hung on the cross and lost His entire glory and became of no reputation so that you can make it home. This morning, I just want you to draw closer to Christ. Make a decision for Jesus Christ this morning. He's waiting for you. He wants you. It's amazing grace that gives to the wretch that wants can be in Christ. When you look into his eyes, all you see love. It's love in his eyes. He took our fingers, he took our weaknesses. And just give us something more. Give us more. This morning, can I pray for you? Can I pray that Jesus Christ will be alive to you? Can I pray that resurrection will be real to you? Can I pray that the things inside your life that are dead will come back to life? Lay your hand on your chest. Let's pray together this morning. My God, our Papa, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Teach us, O Lord, to humble ourselves before you. Teach us, O Lord, to number our days and we get how we them. Teach us, O God, to see that we don't have to pay the price anymore. That you have paid the price for us. Teach us to appropriate the finished work on the cross in our lives. I pray that someone today will experience resurrection power in the name of Jesus. I pray that someone today will experience life in the name of Jesus. I pray that someone today will experience healing in the name of Jesus. That infirmity, I lose you from that infirmity right now. 
Don't say my sickle cell anymore is gone in the name of Jesus. Don't say my disease, my hernia anymore is gone in the name of Jesus. Don't say my condition is no more, your condition is gone in the name of Jesus. For he himself took your iniquities and took your transgression. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And by his stripes, you are healed. I declare the healing power of Christ. Even to the airways, I declare the healing power of Christ. Let him be your peace. I bring peace to your world. Peace from your troubles. Peace from your issues. Peace from challenges. Peace from the business uproar of this hour. I declare peace upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. So there's power in the cross. This is the power in the cross, number one, to draw all men to him, number two, to, to raise the dead to life, number three, to heal our diseases and our infirmities and carry our sorrow, number four, to bring us peace. This is the power of the cross. The cross of Christ is more than what we think it is. The cross of Christ was what Jesus spoke about. Jesus was emotional as he headed up to the cross. He worshipped God with tears before and this time he prayed with groanings to establish the death of himself. The strongest of us being the weakest of us to raise the list of us unto God. This is the power of the cross. Not that we will become bigger, but that we will become smaller. And as we become smaller, God is glorified. As we humble ourselves before God, as we take ourselves or make ourselves or lowly as the like Christ, then Christ is lifted up. As we die to ourselves, then a new us is birthed in power and glory. This is the power of Christ. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 